Welcome. This is Karen Motokaitis, and you're listening to How She Really Does It, the place where inspiration and possibility meet. The truth about parenting. Now, here's the thing I'm not a parenting expert, and I'm the last person on the planet to write a parenting book, and yet here I am talking about parenting. Kind of hilarious. Parenting is the hardest thing I do each and every day. I've raised four kids. I'm an empty nester. My baby is 21. Of those four kids, two are bonus kids who were three and six. One of them was developmentally disabled or is developmentally disabled. And I started raising them. And then many years down the road, decided, okay, I will have kids. This is from a woman who was never going to have children in her life to being in a relationship, choosing to be in a relationship with somebody who had two kids, to then deciding, okay, yes, I'll birth two more and have kids. So I've been parenting now for over 29 years. Again, this doesn't make me a parenting expert. (laughs) And it is still the most challenging thing I do every day. And I fail more days than I succeed. I've parented most of the time from my values, something I learned from a guest, I was speaking at an event and we were on a panel together and he's been a guest on my show. And one of the things he taught me was parent from your values, especially with teenagers. And so I've really held on to that. And honestly, a lot of the times my kids didn't care for my values. I remember when they were teenagers, my daughter was like very upset about how a rule that we had and the other kids didn't have this same rule. And I said, well, this is, you know, different families have different rules and this is what our family does. And now she's 21 and her 21 year old self is very appreciative. But man, that 15 year old self, she was not. To have that courage to be able to hold that ground takes a lot. So there are many times, or really they've never given me an applause at the moment when I was parenting, when I was doing like my best parenting in that moment, when I said different families have different rules, she didn't like give me an applause and go, Oh mom, well said, you're so smart. Instead it was rolling her eyes, stomping her feet and being mad. And you're the meanest mom, right? That's usually the feedback you get as a mom. Here's the beauty is especially in parenting 29 years, the rewards and the supportive feedback have actually come back in unexpected moments. And in usually many, many, many years later, because the resistance was always front and center in the present moment. So that's my experience as a parent. And then there's all the, you know, thousands of swimmers and families that I've had the privilege to walk alongside with over the last 29 years as a swim coach, whether it was age group swimming, college swimming, university swimming, all the different levels, and being able to, over the last 29 years, have these relationships with them. And then all the clients who bring their vulnerability, we may be an executive, a leader, an entrepreneur, and really successful and really struggling in this arena of parenting. It's true. Parenting is really, really challenging. So there's been this constant like 
vulnerability of parenting being a challenge. And because of who I am and because of what I do, people tend to share their stories. I sit in the bleachers a lot these days as having two collegiate daughters who are swimmers and parents tend to share with me their stories. And over time, bits come out about their relationships. Parenting is brutal. That's one of the things that I say all the time. It's so much different than what we've been sold and what we've been culturally programmed to believe. Parenting is really, really hard. And I think being honest with ourselves that it is hard and there's tremendous joy and satisfaction and there's grief and there's sadness and there's anger. There's like all the feelings of all the rainbow. If the rainbow was an example of feelings, we'd have all of it (laughs) as a parent, right? That's what I'm meaning. So it's really, really important that we understand that and come from that place as we think about parenting, because it's so easy to give up on it, give up and, and armor up and, you know, cut people off because there's so much shame around parenting. I saw a post on Instagram and I'm not going to remember it verbatim, but it was like, I love my kids and every day I'm looking for another place for them to live or something. And I saw that and I laughed because there's truth. Like I've said, I love my kids and there are days that I don't really like them, right? It doesn't mean that I don't love them, but man, it's so painful because it's you, we come up against ourselves. We come up against them, which is really ourselves. We come up against our own shame. It is just a shit show to parents. And we're trying to find our way. Like there was never a manual and there's lots of books and there's still lots of now there's a lot of books, right? About how to parent, but there's not a manual of how each person operates. It's all learning. And as soon as we think we've mastered it, they change. I'll never forget my daughter, who's going to be 23 soon. When she was two, I thought, hot damn, I have figured this out. We have potty trained. It is all fantastic, right? it all changed like the next day or we get to a sleep cycle and it's like, oh, I've really got this. Look at me. I can pat myself. I really know my stuff. It all changed, right? Every time we transition to a new situation, it changed the birth of her sister, right? That triggered some relapses. There are different things that we go through. So there's not this roadmap of certainty that if we just can make sure that we go down this one road, we'll be safe and they'll be safe. We go forward, backwards, sideways. We're wandering. We have to circle back. It's all of it. It is an amazing shit show. And man, there can be great moments and there can be great times. The other thing is that for many of us, like, so for those of us, like in my age group, right, the way that our parents parented is so different than the social norms today. And let's think about it. Like, let's take a look at kids' sports. The youth sports industry, and this is like 2018, according to Time Magazine, was I think a $6 billion a year industry. Like when I was a kid in youth sports, one, there were only soccer or swimming if you were a girl. And two is the dues were so much less than what it was now, right? There weren't all these private lessons. There weren't all these things like you went to the American Red Cross to go to learn how to swim. There weren't swim schools. So the youth sports has totally changed. Kids are traveling at a much younger age to play youth sports because there's so much social programming that if you want to play in college, this is what you need to do. And what I will tell parents is if you want your kids to go to college, you have a better chance by taking all the money you spend in youth sports and putting in a 529 and being able to pay for it than getting a so-called scholarship. That's something that people don't really talk about. 
the true cost of what it takes to have a kid in those opportunities is very, very high, especially if you don't know how to maneuver through it, right? If you don't know that system, and one day I'll have to talk about that because in some ways the, there's a huge system and there's a lot of rigging in that system. Again, going back to our parents parented very differently. Youth sports is a prime example. The fact that it's so kid-focused. It used to be that it was very adult-focused and kids just had to kind of be quiet and not be seen, right? It's now so much more kids-focused. I'm not saying it's bad. It's different. So then the playbook that we had is very different than when we look around and see the peers and our and the social norms that we're expected to parent by. So again, it's vulnerable because we're like, I'm not quite sure. We don't have like a roadmap, right? We're going to going on this hike going, this isn't the path well paved by my family. I'm going on a new path. And how is it going to work? And it takes so much courage to have have confidence in what we do. And confidence doesn't mean arrogance where it's like, oh, this is absolute. This is finale. I'm, I'm just the best thing. I'm the greatest parent. But the confidence to know that I can figure it out. We can get through this and we can figure it out. I've had the fortune of Again, watching families that I've known, you know, since their kids were six or eight to 30, 35 and watching them and even watching a family and Heather who has been on my show and called Cancer and Swimming and watching how her family went through all of that. And unfortunately she passed, but how they parented through that was such a a learning moment of how to do something so well in so much tragedy. It was incredible. And you know that will always stick with me. We don't learn how to walk through when the unforeseen of cancer comes and we have a child who is in graduate school and soon being 30. We've had athletes who have had cancer and overcome. And Mark Barr, who's been on the show, who's a you know three-time Paralympian. And those are the ones that we want, right? That, that live happily ever after, not the Heathers. But being able to watch parents, being able to navigate through that, that's what parenting is. It is hard. It is risky. It is uncertain, right? It is filled with tremendous vulnerability. And it's so important that we understand that so that we can take care of ourselves, so that we have the courage to be able to step into the arena every day. And if we're not taking care of ourselves, that's when we lose it. That's when I've been my worst as a parent because I didn't know. Nobody ever said, you need to take care of yourself. It was like, why would you take care of yourself? That's really selfish. So my worst parenting came from when I was martyrish, when I wouldn't take care of myself. I was so busy taking care of everybody else and I was hustling for my worthiness. That's when my worst parenting came. Taking care of yourself to handle the vulnerability that we've raised our kids in some ways with different skill sets, tools, and experiences than we were raised with. And this is where it's really, really important. And we will still have areas that we didn't do well, that we've had holes in their upbringing, and they will be upset and maybe even resentful about the things we have done. And I'm not talking about like, oh, it's okay if you abused your kid or I'm not saying that like we're all going to fall down. Parenting is hard. We're going to make mistakes, right? You could potentially have regrets. It is really, really hard. There's so much vulnerability in it, but I'm saying that, that we can do 
things that we were so, so important to us because it was so opposite the way we were raised. And some of it may not be appreciated or there'll be stutter areas because what I have learned after raising four kids is we can do our best to prepare them for life without us, right? To, to be empty nesters and for them to be on their own. And I look and I'm like, wow, there's still so much more to learn, right? There's still so much more to learn. And I'm sure my mom looks at me and thinks the same thing. There's still so much more to learn and she still wants to protect me. And I'm 50. Well, side note, I went to, we had a reunion at my sister's last summer. I traveled down there and I got in pretty late and I walk in and the first thing my mom says to me is, you need to go wash your hands. (laughs) Now I just turned 50. (laughs) I would have thought by the time I was 50, my mom wouldn't stop telling me to go wash my hands, right? And I have a practice of I get off the plane, the first thing I do is go to the bathroom and I always wash my hands. It's just, it is very deeply ingrained in me. I wash my hands, get rid of the germs. And of course I would wash my hands, but she had to tell me that at 50. So she's still trying to protect me and make sure that to take care of me so that I don't, you know, get sick, don't eat something and then get sick, right? (laughs) It doesn't end, you guys. We think it's supposed to like, I'm 18, I'm an adult, don't tell me what to do. It doesn't end. So all this to say that what comes up, whether I'm in the stands, I'm working with my Aqua Monster parents, I'm working with coaching clients, and then they bring up that parenting stuff. This topic of parenting is extremely vulnerable. There's not something wrong with you. It's just really hard. And then we ask ourselves shitty questions like, am I doing it right? Will I damage my kid? Am I a bad parent? Right? None of those questions help us with solving how we want to be, how we can support our kids, how we can get through this parenting arena right? Without numbing, without beating ourselves up, without hating ourselves, without disconnecting from those that we love, you know? So we beat ourselves up and then we tell ourselves, and so many parents say this to me, and this is always a red flag. I just want my kid to be happy. I want them to be happy. Here's my question for you. Are you happy? Because if you are not happy, how are they going to learn how to be happy? And it's not about being happy 24-7. It's that hedonic treadmill. We get... Once whatever made us happy, we need more of that to make us happy. Life is, there's ups, there's downs, there's calmness. It's full of different emotions. We want them to have the capacity to be happy and to really appreciate the happiness, as well as have the resilience to overcome the difficult things. I want my kids, man, to have shame resilience. Like they can feel the shame and they can move through the shame, right? That's what I want my kids to have. And if they can do that, they can also then be able to develop the capacity to have joy and to be in that. I want my kids to experience all the emotions. So sometimes that that belief of, oh, I want them to be happy, that can be some magical thinking. And then it's a great way to just shame ourselves and beat the crap out of ourselves. And we need to stop that because it doesn't help with either. So, you know, when our kids are young, because I was talking to a lot of parents who their kids are seniors in college. So they're graduating. They've come to the end of the road, right? And there's, there's a lot of broken hearts at the end because we all want our kids to have the fairy tale and it doesn't necessarily work out, right? We want that, that movie ending where, oh, wow, they overcame this and look what happened. 
And I've, I've had to remind myself as I sit in the stands with my kids is I want that fairy tale ending at this meet or that happen. But who do they become in the process, even when they have the obstacles? So one is to remember when they were eight, what was the dream you had for your child, right? To remember that. And then parenting is a lot like youth sports in the sense that when the kids are eight and unders, right? And so in the sport of swimming, it's about having fun. We're going to go to the swimming, get everybody out the door, you know, making sure we have swimsuits and caps and goggles because oftentimes some of those become a problem, right? Or overcoming the kid doesn't want to warm up on all of that. But you, you get there, you swim. Swim meets are usually like half a day, a day, maybe a weekend, right? But it's not that long and it's usually local and it's pretty cheap. It's usually a snack bar where you pack stuff up. And it's fun. And sometimes the biggest problem is like, oh, we lost a kid. And so now we need it. Who do we put? We just throw three bodies or four bodies on for a relay. It's fun. We go home or we go have a pizza party afterwards, or there's a sleepover, right? Those are the biggest decisions for the eight and unders, right? And it's a lot of fun. And it becomes like this, like, oh, we want more of this. And there's that dream of swimming in college, right? It's like, oh, right. So as people kind of go through, or my kid really loves it. I mean, I've had parents say, their daughter now graduated from Stanford, really, really smart kid, but they came to swim me and they, the daughter was resistant at first, didn't want to, and then decided, okay, I wanted to love the swim meet so much. They were supposed to drive to Los Angeles for some family trip or something and asked, cause we had a, we had a double header that day. We had the morning meet and then the evening meet and asked her parents that, Oh, this is so much fun. Can we please, please stay? And the parents were like, you like this? This is fun. You said you didn't want to come and now you like it. And then they stayed and then they became a part of the community for a number of years. The mom was fantastic because she was this amazing photographer and would shoot photos all the time for us. And there was so much joy and fun in that. And there's, you know, falling down moments. There's those swimsuits that are forgotten, but we think it's going to get better <laughs> in life as they continue on this career of swimming, just like we think it's going to get better and easier in life as they get older. And the thing I can say about parenting is the older my kids get, it becomes so much harder. Today is a beautiful thing because both my daughters are off at college, right? The younger ones, the older ones, they've been independent on their own, but my daughters are off in college. I don't have to worry about them. There's no need to check in. They're responsible adults. They'll take care of themselves. I have plenty of space for me versus when they were younger. It's the same thing in swimming, right? When they're eight and unders have to be there and, you know, pack up their stuff and do all this movement. And I remember coming home from a swimming exhausted <laughs> and taking a big old nap. And then as they get older, we think like, oh, it's going to be easier. And in some ways it is because I'll never forget when the kids started going on these travel meets, we go on planes and they're in high school. And one of my friends, John, he was telling another friend of mine, Andy, about like his experience. He's like, yeah, it's kind of hard. Like they don't really talk to us. They kind of ignore us. And I'm just really a walking ATM. So as parents, we kind of had our fun because we kept going to the coffee shop. My friend Andy found this hipster coffee place that we would go to like three times a day because I like coffee and it was great. And so we go do that because the kids didn't need us at the meet, but they still needed us there, right? We were there to make sure we paid for the stuff. We were there to, they could see us, but they didn't really want to talk to us. And then they would just roll their eyes at us most of the time. That was senior, that was high school swimming. And then in college... They don't really want us around, but man, they sometimes do. They need us there. And so like the parents feel like, and the stands are like, 
kind of like being on call. They don't know what's happening. We're not quite sure. And we're often ignored. We're there because they need to they have a crisis and it's a lot more expensive. And that is like parenting, whether you have kids in sports or not, as adults, right? What happens is they need us all the time to where they don't need us. They may need certain things from us and they judge us and roll their eyes at us to then we kind of wait around for those when they need us for those crises and how we can support them. They often ignore us, right? And they're much more expensive. So parenting gets harder and harder as we go through life because there's also like, I'll never forget the idea, the concept that was shared with me was when your kids are children, you're the manager of every aspect of their life. And when they become a tween, they fire you. And if you're fortunate, they'll rehire you as their consultant, right? And that has stuck true. And I've, I've paid attention to that as well as his advice of making sure that you parent from your values. It is so hard. It takes tremendous courage to parent from the values, right? But when parents are the eight and under parents, they think, oh, it'd be so great. Once my kid's in college and they're swimming, it's going to be fantastic and it's easy straight. In some ways it's great because the meets are a couple of hours. You're not even responsible for getting them there. You show up and you sit in the stands, right? But there's also where you're holding a lot of emotions because there's a lot of tears. There's a lot of pain. There's a lot of disappointments. And then when they celebrate, when there's the good times, they're not usually celebrating with you. <laughs> they usually celebrate with your peers. So there's a lot of like emotional labor we do in those difficult times, but there's not a whole lot of celebrating with you that they do when they're older. This is how life works. Parenting is one of the hardest things that we do, especially for we've created healthy relationships where our kids aren't responsible for us emotionally, where they're not taking care of us, where we know how to take care of ourselves. It's really hard. It's really can be isolating. We can be out in the wilderness as a parent. So I get it that there's these milestones and focus, you know, there's so much focus on milestones, right? In parenting, it's about, oh, get pregnant, then the birth, then kindergarten. Then it's like going to junior high, there's sports and activities, there's high school, college, university, right? And we, we focus on that and we think once we get there, it's going to be so much easier, Right? It'll be so much better. There's going to be some really great things and there's hard things at every age, at every age group, right? And what I know is that the path is windy and there is and always will be vulnerability, which is uncertainty, emotional exposure, and risk. And what I've learned is no matter how old you are or how old they are, there will always be vulnerability uncertainty, right? Emotional risk. Remember that when they're in that really deep pain and maybe a relationship didn't work out, maybe they didn't get the grade they wanted, maybe their MCAT scores aren't what they wanted, maybe they didn't get into the school. That comes out. That is so hard when your child is hurting and you're with them and we forget or we don't think that that happens as they get older but it does. There's always going to be vulnerability. Our children are our hearts. They have our hearts inside of them and with their brains. 
So sometimes it's not even what happens to them. It's also sometimes the choices or the lack of choices or lack of discernment that they make at certain points in their life, right? We have these humans that don't have fully formed brains (laughs) who make certain choices and they have our hearts. It's not our brains, but their brains. That's also really challenging. So there's what happens to them and it's also the choices that they make. And as we go through this life as a parent, we need to make sure we have compassion for ourselves so that we can have the courage we need to parent our children. You can be 70. I have a client who's 74, who has a daughter who's in her mid forties, still her child. It's an adult child, right? So we need to have compassion so we can have the courage we need to parent our children and what that means at the different stages of life. We need compassion for ourselves so that we can take care of ourselves. We can be kind to ourselves. Doesn't mean we say bullshit to ourselves or we dismiss, you know, maybe things that we did that wasn't okay or was against our values or against our, how we want to be as a parent. It means owning your story and loving yourself. And then from that place, making decisions about what you're going to do moving forward. Because there's going to be learnings, mistakes, hurt feelings, celebratory times. And when there are celebratory times, make sure to fully take those in. Take those in, receive it, embrace it, embody it. Because man, sometimes the celebratory times can be few and far between. And we need to have those in small moments as well as those big moments. But really identify, really embody that. We will not benefit from beating ourselves up, nor will our kids benefit from beating ourselves up. That is shaming ourselves. Instead, it's about being compassionate and noting what worked well and what can be improved. Parenting is not for the faint of heart. Parenting is the hardest thing that I do each and every day. And I'm so glad, especially today, that I chose to become a parent instead of my 20-year-old self who decided, why become a parent? It's messy. It's hard. I didn't know the word vulnerable back then, but I was like, why would you do that? That's ridiculous. And I was just going to armor myself. It has helped me become a better human. And it is the hardest thing that I do every day. Again, and I fail more than I succeed, but I keep showing up and I keep doing it keep learning and I grow and I become hopefully a better human. So the truth about parenting is it's really hard. And in order to do it, we must take care of ourselves because you cannot give what you do not have. So if we shame ourselves, we're going to have more opportunity to shame them. And that is not a great way for us to parent. So if we can love ourselves, hold ourselves accountable, be reliable, then we have that to give them and that can help them. All right, my friend, I'm giving you big hugs because parenting is really challenging and I'm smelling big for you. We can do this. Hey, if you enjoy listening to this podcast, you'll love my weekly emails. I know you're thinking, Corinne, really? Do I want another email in my overflowing inbox? Yes, you do. Yippee, skippy, you do. These are short. They're sweet. On Fridays, I send out the Friday podcast. It's a great reminder that there's a new show 
and it comes straight into your inbox of the latest episode. Awesome. You click on it, you go straight because we all need reminders. We have busy full lives. And then on Sundays, I have my Sunday love column. And these are emails I write from the heart. They're filled with love. We need more love. We all do, myself included. These are short emails where you get a quick takeaway so you can incorporate this into your life because people often want to know what to do and how to do it. And maybe sometimes it's a story that you get, or there's like one time I wrote about the 10 ways to practice gratitude. And that became such a great tool when one of the readers was struggling in the middle of the night, because it can be a scary place in our brains in the middle of the night. And she remembered the email that I sent about 10 ways to practice gratitude. And she was able to practice gratitude and fall back asleep. And that was an awesome lesson for her to incorporate into her life. Go to the show notes and there's a link in the show notes where you can sign up and get these emails in your box. On a lake, she is dreaming, she is drifting, never been so wide awake.